Broadcasting from WIUX LP Bloomington, welcome to this week's episode of American Student Radio. I'm your host, Carter Barrett. Our pieces today are exploring fortune, which includes anything and everything, luck, money, or chance. The world is a confusing, sometimes unexplainable place. Maybe believing in some otherworldly force is a source of comfort. Or on the other hand, maybe it's easier to believe in nothing at all. In our stories this week, we're delving into scratch-offs, horoscopes, fortune cookies, and so much more. So stay tuned. From Bloom... <laughs> from... Uh, again, live... Li- what is it? <clears throat> oh, ready? Should I do it again? From Indiana University in Bloomington. From Indiana University in Bloomington. This is... This is... This is American Student Radio. Real chill. Real chill. Aliens. Conspiracy. Journalism. And lesbians. Coincidences are a funny thing because it's not something we often forget. Those super strange occurrences where it seems like something is in play because it's too crazy to be just by chance. So our producer, Sheila Raghavadran, takes to the street to ask people about the coincidences in their lives. Do you have any coincidence stories? Or like, uh, lucky oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I have a really good one that happened the other day. My, my roommate and I were talking about how we wanted cookies really bad, and we're like, okay, do you want to order baked? And we're like, no, let's not, blah, blah, blah. And then the doorbell rang like a few minutes later, and it was a person from Baked, and they had cookies, and they're like, hi, like we're, we have cookies for you guys. And we were both like really confused, and what ended up happening is they found like a receipt on the ground or something from like weeks ago when my roommate and I ordered cookies, and like they just found it on the ground and like thought it was a like order for that day, and then they ended up getting it to us. Hi, can I ask you a question real quick? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> do you have any good coincidence stories? Coincidence? Yeah. Oh God. Or like something lucky or like ironic really lucky yeah Yeah. um so when i turned 18 i'm actually from chicago and there's this music music festival in chicago over the summer it's like super expensive so i like always wanted to go Lollapalooza. yeah Yeah. it was a contest on the radio like at my local radio station so i was like oh why not let's just text to win so i texted and i won like the competition it was like a free like three-day pass for me while that person and that's like the greatest thing to ever happen to me and yeah i know right that's crazy i know it's ridiculous <laughs> and so i feel like that's like the only cool thing that's ever gonna happen to me our next piece explores the everyday forces of fortune in our lives and everything from fortune cookies to horoscopes and what it means to invest time in them producers abby gibson and pilar Binyarski bring us this story It seems like chance plays a big role in our lives. Who will you meet today? Will the grocery store be out of your favorite snack? And is it just chance, or is it a little more controllable? Preset. Is it fortune that you can influence through ritual or superstition? To explore how fortune is treated in everyday life, Abby and I started by finding some everyday prescriptions of destiny. All right, so I am a Libra. Um, So today, uh, Friday, February 10th, 2017. Today is a seven. Love grows through communication. This full moon eclipse illuminates a new six-month social phase. New doors open with friendships and group projects. Share appreciations. Okay, and I am a Gemini. So today is a seven. A new phase in communications, intellectual discovery, and travel dawns with this Leo full moon eclipse. Creative expression flowers. Start a new chapter. Okay, so reading that, it's not like oh, I really believe it, 
I'm like gonna base my actions based off of this, but if someone was like to ask me to go on a trip, like in a few days, I'd be like, oh my God, it was real, you know? So I don't know. I mean, the stuff like fortune prediction is everywhere. Um, it's even in our food. Okay, so here we are at Dragon Express in Bloomington, Indiana. Yeah, I just had some great egg foo young. Can't quite finish it. Got my fortune cookie right here. So are we ready to open them? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. All right. Ooh, okay. All right. Mine says, a good time to start something new. Wow. Mine, mine is a little more passive. You are deeply attached to your family and home. Okay, so my lucky numbers are 2, 4, 56, 34, 28, and 42. I have, I have none in common. Mine are 5, 18, 19, 24, 37, and 50. We have some lucky numbers here. We could head over to the gas station, and we could attribute these numbers to, uh, like, scratch-offs somehow. I think that'll, yeah, I think that'll work. All right, let's go. Before we get too far into it, I have to admit, even though I like to think of myself as a rational person, I totally believe in luck. Like, doing certain things, certain rituals, to get the best possible outcome. I think it's probably a control thing. It's kind of the opposite for me. I, I rarely believe anything is chance. I don't really have any rituals that I do. I think it's a control thing for me too, but from a, a different perspective. I believe I'm doing like everything to make my life good or bad, and that can be problematic because I'll believe I've made a mistake sometimes and beat myself up when it really is just chance. And I think I kind of feel it's the same way too, which is why I really want to believe that cookie, right? Even though some other person is out there writing it, it's not like these fortunes are divine or anything, but somehow my belief is still suspended. Like, when I'm reading my horoscope, I do take it a little seriously. It's fate or whatever talking to me, not some 30-year-old typing them up on a laptop. Okay, I and I will admit that I find horoscopes fun sometimes. I'll be like, oh my god, that is actually me right now. It's true. And that validation feels great. It's like a, like a personality test. But I think we often change our ideas about things to make them fit into the right narrative. Like, what can seem like chance is really just this human love for finding patterns in randomness. But that can really be cathartic or even useful, uh, and I spoke to a couple of people about that. Hi, my name is Zeke Wilson. Zeke has been into tarot cards since his senior year of high school, and he's carried it through college. It's just a casual thing for him, just something he does with his friends. So the most kind of basic trimmed-down method that me and my friends would do is just a very simple three-card spread um, going left to right, past, present, future. I've always wondered about people who read tarot. I mean, that seems like a lot of responsibility. So do they have to be psychic, or can anyone do it? Well, Zeke says he sees it as sort of a creative problem-solving process, more than predicting the future. Um, I think of fortune much less as uh, (laughs) treasure chests falling in your lap, and much more of doors that you maybe didn't even see were there begin to open, because you have this kind of sense of awareness. Um, And I think this is brought about through, like, meditation. I think this is brought out through uh, uh, introspection, uh, awareness, awareness. And I think that's how you kind of realize when certain things begin to open or close or certain avenues, which may seem like fate, were just always there. You just never took the time to realize that they were. I had a friend who described it as as the way in which you get a cut on your body and antibodies and white blood cells kind of fill that, that gash. It's a very similar process, except 
pure psychology. So when you give a reading, you are providing a cut for the reader in their memory, basically, or in their experience, and they, they fill it with their own ideas of the cards. Um, so I am here as kind of an interlocutor between you and the cards themselves. This is what they're saying. I'm giving you the translation, but it's your job to put them together in a coherent sentence. So I also talked to Gwen Van Denberg, who writes the horoscopes for the Collins Columns, a weekly publication at Collins Living Learning Center. I think there are like two paths. So you've got the option where like our lives are completely ruled by outside forces and we don't have any control and maybe it's all predestined because of you know whatever the sky looked like on the day you were born or that none of those things matter and we are completely we're in complete control i think people have free will and i think horoscopes are probably kind of bull that's uh, that's the big surprise the zodiac probably isn't real So Gwen actually uses the horoscopes she writes as an avenue for her own opinions. Really, the last thing they are is serious. It's actually pretty appropriate that she's not taking this too seriously. I think all of this, the fortune cookies, the horoscopes, they're all operating under the pretense that no one's taking them that seriously. It's kind of like a vacation from your own decisions, just for a little bit. I think believing in chance or luck or something outside of people like removes the responsibility of their consequences and like actions and stuff and makes it easier to like just roll through life and not get like tripped up so we did go to the convenience store and we did buy those tickets i bought three tickets that matched my fortune cookie numbers two three dollar ones and one two dollar one so uh eight dollars total and there's only one that matched with my numbers and was also in my price range number 28 so i only spent one dollar are you ready? All right. You ready? Wait. Ooh, okay, so I won something. Oh my god, I won a dollar. <laughs> Automatically. You already made your money yeah, back. Yeah, exactly. All right, I won nothing with my some like it hot. All right, should we move on to the neon nines? Goodness. Well, you can win up to 15 times, but... Um, you won zero times. I won zero times. That is up to 15. <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 it's within the, the range there, yeah. So, you lost $8 in the lottery. And after all this discussion, talking to so many people, do you feel any differently about fortune in your life? I think I actually feel more strongly about how I don't really have much control. I realize just how unsuperstitious I am. And you know, I, I think I still do buy into the whole horoscope thing. I know it's not really real but i still want to think maybe it's a little real it's comforting these predictions about who you are what will happen or these tiny rituals you can do to try to secure the best outcome for yourself yeah i actually get the same kick from personality quizzes though i'm always like yes that's me and i took a test that says so but i do think i should try to notice how much chance there is in my life uh, that, that everything bad that happens isn't always my fault. Sometimes it is, but it's a balance you have to strike. The music in this piece was recorded by Poddington Bear under a Creative Commons license. For American Student Radio in Bloomington, this has been Abby Gibson and Peeler Bernarski. Our next piece comes from Angelo... Our next piece comes from producer Angelo Bautista, where he ventured off into a gas station to ask people why they play the lottery and in the course learn about what it means for people who play.
call for you, honey. Yeah. Okay. You gotta do debit since you got the lottery tickets. Okay, yeah. Truth be told, I'm 21 and I've never bought a lottery ticket before. That is until a couple of days ago when I decided to try my luck. Okay, so I'm sitting in my car and I just bought five scratch-off lottery tickets. They were like a dollar each because I'm cheap and I don't have money. Uh, this one's called Jackpot 5X. And it says, match any of your numbers to the winning number and win the prize shown. Oh, on the back here, it says that the estimated overall odds of winning is 1 in 4.64. So, I think those are pretty good odds. Um, okay, let's, let's do it. Um, first ticket. It says my winning number is... My winning number is 15... To spare you the boring details, I didn't win. I was a little disappointed, but I can't say that I'm surprised. My dad has been playing the lottery all my life, and I've never seen him win more than 20 bucks on a scratch-off or the Powerball. I never really saw the point in playing any kind of lottery. I get that it can be fun, but when the odds of winning are so slim, why even play at all? America seems to disagree. Last year alone, lottery sales totaled about $68 billion. That number is from 2013. Today, it hovers around $70 billion. That's more than Americans spent on sports tickets, movie tickets, music, books, and video games combined. But who is spending all that money? Well, it's the ones who can least afford it. One study by Duke University found that the poorest third of households buys nearly half of all lotto tickets. Nearly a quarter of people here in Monroe County live in poverty. I wanted to get a better idea of who those people were, so I decided to go out and talk to some people who play the lottery. And where do you go to play the lottery? The gas station. I wasn't very lucky the first time. No one really wanted to talk to a kid with a microphone standing outside of a gas station. When I asked people if they played the lottery, they said they didn't. I think they just didn't want to talk to me. Eventually, the manager kicked me out. Okay, attempt number two. I figured I wasn't far enough outside the city, so I drove all the way to the border of Monroe County. I almost turned back because it was getting dark and there wasn't a gas station in sight. Then out on the horizon, I saw the red glow of a marathon gas station sign. That's where I met Joe. Hi Joe, uh, so what do you do for a living? Yeah, I'm retired. Oh, you are? Yeah. So why do you play the lottery? Why do you play scratch-offs? Oh, uh, I, I just like gambling. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I was raised in Las Vegas and I think that uh, it kind of got in my blood and because I, I never could gamble when I was there. Mm. Yeah, I was too young. And then when we moved here, and I buy them, I, I buy a couple every day. And sometimes I win, sometimes I don't. Okay. When I first saw Joe, he was sitting in his car scratching off a lotto ticket. Then I saw him go back into the gas station, buy a few more, and scratch them off in his car. Then he did it again. Three times he bought a handful of scratch offs. I had to talk to him. How much do you think you spend in like a week on lotto tickets? Uh, it varies. I would say probably 50 bucks a week. Oh, wow. Since I'm retired, I don't have anything to do. So. Oh, so you just do it for fun? Yeah, it, it's for fun, and hopefully I might get rich too. But, okay. Um, but probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess what, what is your feeling after you get a scratch off and you don't win? I, I pretty much expect it. 
I don't. Actually, I win more than a lot of people that I know who never win. And sometimes I'll, uh, you know, if I win a thousand dollars, I've won. I've scratched off five tickets before and hit uh, two five hundred and a two hundred out of five. Wow, I <laughs> I bought my first lotto ticket the other day, and I bought five scratch-offs. I didn't win anything. Yeah, I, I don't know. Sometimes I, I just get lucky. Actually, I get lucky quite a bit. <laughs> Do you think you're just luckier than most people? Yeah. Yeah, I think I am. <laughs> Do you mind if I, like, watch you, like, play oh, your scratch-off? Do you just use your finger? Yeah. You seem to play a lot. Your fingers are just coated with, like, ink. Well, that, it doesn't take a minute oh, yeah. to do that. You better be good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Are you good luck? Um. Well, I didn't win last time, so I don't know. Maybe. You're bad luck. Oh, no. <laughs> now, on this one... After the interview, Joe and I stayed in the parking lot and chatted for a bit. He told me about how Greene County has a big meth problem. I didn't even notice the used syringes strewn in the grass until Joe said something. He pointed to two people in the pickup truck parked next to my car. He said they were tweaking. He said he's seen lives destroyed from it. It got me thinking. Throughout this whole process, I had a negative attitude towards the lottery system. I saw it as a tax, disguised as a game, playing on the desperate hopes of those with less. Joe doesn't really fit the marketed demographic. For him, they're just games. But I can see how for others, the lottery serves as a kind of prayer a hope to escape to a better place and a better life. The chance is slim, but there's no chance at all if you don't play the game. The music in this piece is provided by Poddington Bear. For American Student Radio, I'm Angela Bautista. In our last piece today, I spoke with a mother on what it's like to watch her child left up to the forces of chance in the charter school lottery system, a factor that could be instrumental in this child's well-being. It's hard to know how much of our lives are left up to pure chance. I mean, imagine waiting on some sort of event and nothing you can do or have done can affect the outcome. Even when I applied to IU, I had my grades, extracurriculars, SAT score helping me along. Now, think for a second if that wasn't the case, and it had just been left up to chance. For one elementary school in Bloomington, this is the case. The Project School is a public charter school in Bloomington. According to their website, they believe in educating the whole child, heart, mind, and voice. Since opening in 2006, they have also had a track record of success with their students. Although getting into the Project School is, well... Across the country, it's time for America's favorite jackpot game. Get ready, everybody. This is Powerball. A lottery. No factors. Just random odds the child's name will be selected. The only preference is giving to children of teachers at the school and siblings of students who are drawn or already attending the school. For some parents, it isn't just the child's education at stake. It's also their well-being. Hi, my name is Deb Pardue. I am a third-year doctoral student here in the Counseling and Psychology program. Um, I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. I have two wonderful children um, and a husband. Right now, Deb is awaiting the Project School's drawing on March 1st to see if her five-year-old, Dawson, will be able to attend. Dawson is one of the kids where it's not just an education at stake. Um, Dawson identifies as a transgender child. 
Um, so Justin was born male, um, but is a female. As early as two and a half years old, Deb noticed Dawson starting to assert his own voice. You may also notice Deb uses the he pronouns. She's in the process of trying to switch over, so I'm going ahead and use male pronouns for continuity's sake. At the age of three, um, we were laying in bed talking one night, and he told me that he wanted to give his penis to a boy who needed it because he didn't need it because he's a girl. For Deb, the Project School means a safe place where Dawson can express himself. You know, we have all these research, um, empirically-based studies that show that transgender children have higher rates of depression, um, higher rates of alcohol and drug use, higher rates of suicide, really low self-esteem. It's really hard. It's a fine line because you want your child to grow up and be safe and successful, um, but in allowing them to be who they are, there's no certainties. You know, life isn't safe. And... Um, am I scared that Dawson's going to have a really hard life? I am. So I guess what's at stake? You know, if he goes through this lottery system and it doesn't happen, what are you going to, what's the next step? Well, I think, well, there's always a fear, right? That there's always a fear that, um, that things aren't going to work out the way that I want them to work out. There's a huge part of me, probably I would say 95% of me operates in trust and the other 5% has that fear component. And so if we don't get in, will I be upset and devastated for a minute? Probably I will, um, because that's just, you know, I really want Dawson to get in, you know. And so I really believe that um, when a door closes, it's because it's meant to be. And so I have to look for that window or that other door that is open. As a parent, Deb faces a tough decision. Well, it's kind you know, of like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, yeah. right? Because if I if I allow my child to be who my child is, um, then society tells me how bad or wrong I am, right? And then if I don't allow my child to be who I am, society's happy, but my child's not. Um, we were walking into school one day, and Dawson had picked out his outfit, and it wasn't something that I would have picked out, but it was like this this blue skirt and this shirt that didn't really match and he was wearing cowboy boots or cowgirl boots sorry cowgirl boots um and we were walking in and the crickets were chirping because it was early in the morning um and he says do you hear that mom and I'm like yeah he says the crickets are saying Dawson is fabulous you know and it's times like that when you just know you know that your child's going to be okay um no I think when you when you think about chance and fortune um I the only other thing that I I think is important to say, and I definitely try to live by this motto as well, the concept of the yin-yang, right? Um, with good comes bad, and with bad comes good. And knowing that um, that saying that this too shall pass, because bad is never eternal, and good is never eternal. You're going to go through uh, moments in your life where it's going to suck, and you're going to go through moments in your life that are absolutely amazing. But knowing that um, that it's going to not be um, a permanent thing, you know? Deb will know if Dawson is admitted to the project school after the lottery on March 1st. The music in this piece was provided by Poddington Bear under a Creative Commons license. For American Student Radio, I'm Carter Barrett. If you tuned in late or want to listen again, you can always find our shows on iTunes and at soundcloud.com slash American-student-radio. Be sure to catch us again next Sunday at noon as host Catherine De La Rosa explores everything related to blood. I've been your host, Carter Barrett. 
Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to American Student Radio. We're produced by students from Indiana University in Bloomington. Follow us on Twitter at ASR Voice and like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash American Student Radio. Our theme music is provided by Lunamatic. Check out Lunamatic's music at www.soundcloud.com slash Lunamatic. That's L-U-N-A-M-A-T-I-C. We'll have new episodes every Sunday on WIUX and streaming on our website at www.americanstudentradio.org. 